Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fog Dog and Bastion. Uh, it's been a few weeks since we've had an episode with just the two of us on here. Obviously, we've had our man Derek Rubis uh, and our man Kevin Kelly uh, on the podcast the last couple of episodes. So good to kind of get back and just kind of chat training, racing, what we've been up to. Um, it's been yeah a few weeks. How you been? How you been going, Bastion? I've been going really good. Um, really well. Is that yeah, I don't yeah. really know. Same thing. But either way, um, since our last episode together, really, we last discussed Milrose games, which seems like forever. A lifetime now. ago. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So after that, we kind of just want to do a bit of a training block. And then we were preparing for you racing at the Iowa State 3K and me racing at Tyson Invitational. So tell us about the workout we did right beforehand. Yeah. So um, obviously kind of coming off Melrose, which was pretty disappointing, obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, I kind of, I got tripped, fell down around 407. Um, yeah, we went into a bit of a training block, kind of went back to the basics, got got a little bit more mileage in. And yeah, I was preparing to run a 3K. Um, so going into this 3K, uh, Bastion, obviously you, you, you know, you've kind of got that natural speed. Uh, you were going to be racing a mile, um, at the Tyson Invitational in Arkansas. Um, so the workout we did the week of my 3K and the week of your mile at Tyson, we did two by a K, 800, three by 400 and two by 200. Um, and it was really good. So uh, I didn't really know what to expect for a 3K. Um, so the two by one Ks that we did, we kind of went out pretty hard and we ran 236 and 235. Um, and yeah, for me, that that felt pretty good. Um, it was kind, kind of like quick, but reasonably relaxed. Um, and then the 800, three by 400 and two by 200, we just kind of picked it up a bit obviously as as stuff gets quicker i always get dropped by this man but um yeah how did you find that kind of s something slightly longer um yeah it's yeah. not that's not exactly my forte um <laughs> i was really really struggling during those k's just to hold on i did but i feel like i had to work a lot harder to hold on than you did which yeah. is kind of just the way we're built the way we run but um yeah, I hung in there and then the speed stuff like always seems to go pretty well. So, but either way, I feel like that translated really well for you. That was a good workout going into Iowa State 3K and tell us about how that went. Yeah. So, um, after that workout, I, I really thought I was in pretty good shape for a 3K. Um, I hadn't raced a 3K for literally pretty much a year. The last 3K I ran was at our indoor conference meet in early March or late February, 2021. Um, I pretty much soloed 806 on a flat 200 track. Um, so that workout that we just mentioned kind of gave me a reasonable amount of confidence that I was in much, much better shape than 806. Um, I didn't, I didn't know for sure, but you know, just feeling good in a workout like that, I, I felt confident that I could run something pretty quick. Um, so yeah, the Iowa state classic came around, uh, 40, 40 minute drive up the road, just an ideal location for, for a meet. Um, it's a track that we know pretty well. Um, and the field was really pretty strong. So there was, there was a pacemaker in there, Jordan Mann. He's, uh, I believe a pro runner. Um, and the plan was to go through 2k in 512, which is 748. 
3K pace, um, 2.36 per K, about 4.10 maybe per mile, 4.11, maybe 4.12, something like that. Um, actually about 4.10, yeah. And anyway, uh, Wesley Kiptu and Sam Gilman were in there as well. Uh, great runners, also Alec Bastin. Um, the man everyone believes is brothers with this man right here. Um, <laughs> and yeah, anyway, the, the pacer did a really good job. I think I was 5.13 or 5.14 through 2K. Um, and yeah, I ended up trying to hang in there. It felt like a very, very long way. Um, but I ran 7.51.01 to come third. Uh, I was there all the way. I, I tucked in in third behind the pacemaker obviously so fourth behind the pacemaker third overall um and one thing that kind of really shocked me with the 3k i i kind of expected it to feel really pretty comfy early on um and literally two laps in on a 300 track so we were like 600 in i felt like i was racing a mile like it <laughs> it was such a shock just unbelievable um so yeah, it, it felt like a pretty long way and it felt very, very fast the whole way. Like I, I was just really kind of grinding to like hang in there. Um, and I did, I, I held right onto the front boys for the whole race until the last 200. And then I was pretty, pretty cooked come that last kind of 200. And um, Sam Gilman took the win in 747 high, uh, Kip to around 748 high. Um, and I, came kind of trailing through in 751 um which i was pretty happy with but i mean the ncaa this year is unreal and 751 you you don't even get a look in for ncaa's anymore yeah it's good enough to rank you 185th in the <laughs> that's hard i think it's like 30 something right? it, i think it's 35th or it was the last time i checked okay. e either way that's absolutely nuts but yeah, I mean that's the first competitive 3K that you've run in what a a year and a half, and like yeah, and really that 3K that you ran a conference, you were paced by someone paced <laughs> for the first like K and a half, and then yeah. you just dropped out. Jack so Settle, yeah, you ran like half the race alone. Yeah, so I mean that's got to be the first like ever like race where you've been in a 3K with guys that are as good or better than you. Yeah, like ever. Yeah, pretty much in in 2019. Uh, so three years ago now I ran a 3k in Australia, um, and I ran 816, which was a huge PB PR at the time down from like 838. So I've gone from 838 to 816. I didn't actually win that race. So that, that was like the last kind of proper competitive 3k I've been in. Um, 816 and then obviously 806 and now 751. I do feel like if I, you know, really committed to running the 3k there would be a bit more there but oh for sure just like yeah it's it's a tough event and while i've still kind of got got the legs kind of for for the mile <laughs> um i want to kind of try and make the most of of that speed but yeah it, it was a good experience um i i enjoyed running it and what's mad is like 751 as i said i was like pretty happy with that time i thought it was like pretty solid there, I don't think would have been a year really ever in the NCAA where 751 wouldn't qualify for nationals. It's absolutely crazy. It's, it's seriously crazy. Yeah. And, and the 3k before, 
before a week ago, I think people were saying the 3K was the weakest event in all the distance events. Yeah, it's mad. And the weakest event in all the distance events, you have to run 745? Six, six, five, probably 745 now. It's so nuts. Like, <laughs> and you can only assume that with the entire nation racing at conference this weekend, someone's going to break that. Yeah, time's yeah. going to go yeah. down even more. So really, it's just... It's scary. It's... The Nationals field this year for indoor is going to be absolutely ridiculous in every single event, and nobody's judging anybody for making it or not making it, but, I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. This is nuts. Yeah, so speaking of kind of Nationals and qualifying, um, a few weeks ago, last time we were on here, actually, literally the last episode with Kev Kelly, we kind of were discussing the mile and talking about the NCAA, and since that podcast episode, it's got a whole lot more ridiculous in the NCAA. I, at the time of that last episode, still felt like I was in a pretty good spot to qualify, 356.6. You were 10th in the nation. Yeah, Yeah. I I was pretty locked in. And uh, Baston had run 358.88 at the time. And it kind of felt like, you know, you needed to really pull one out, which is why on the weekend of the Iowa State Classic, when I ran that 3K, you went down to Arkansas kind of in the hope of running something quick, improving on your mile time and um, getting a qualifier. Um, fill us in. What? <laughs> how, how did it go? Well, I did just that. I ran so fast. <laughs> no, um, it, it obviously didn't go my way if you've seen the results, but um, it, it really just kind of like what happened to you this last weekend. Yeah. I felt like I was the only one in the race that was going for a time. And so I got tucked in right behind, well, I tucked in right behind Dais Malabana, who was supposed to tuck in right behind the pacer. Didn't really happen, but yeah. anyway, um, there was a big gap there and I felt like I had to make up that gap. So about a K into the race, I just, I literally passed Dais and basically full out sprinted to try to catch the pacer. And I did. But so did everybody else then that sat on me and then all outkicked me. So I, I mean, tactically, I ran the race like an idiot if I was going for the win, but I wasn't really going for the win. I was yep. going for the time. Exactly. And yep. um, it just, it just didn't work out. And then with about two to 400 left, I mean, I, I could have just had pride and ran it in and probably still ran like four minutes or 401 or something. Yeah. But I'm not that kind of guy. I threw in the towel absolutely jogged and then pouted afterwards and ran 406. Yeah. No, yeah. but, um, that's, that's just what happens. Like I, I didn't have a good day and I knew that potentially fog and I were racing the next weekend. So I was like, what's the point of going all out here when there's no point really to go all out. Exactly. So we were, yeah, we were watching that, um, live, from from drake obviously you know we didn't get to go down and watch in person but when when we saw the gap kind of open up between the pacemaker and dice um we kind of knew that it wasn't really going to plan and i think you ended up being or even the the pacer ended up being like 231 through 1009 um you were probably even a little bit off that um, cause of the gap. And yeah. it, we just knew from that point on, especially then when you had to, you know, kind of take it and really push to try and make up that lost time. Essentially, we knew that it wasn't really going to be an ideal day. And I think 
a few of the guys in there, like I think Dice ended up breaking for, I think he ran 359 high. And he's someone who I feel like could run a fair bit quicker. Like he ran 339 outdoors last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of just had that vibe of like a couple of guys in there were over the moon to break four, which is, you know, it's a big milestone. Like I think he was really happy to break four, but it wasn't the race you needed for you know, running a national qualifier. Nope, it wasn't. And I think, I think I was a little disappointed um, about that partially, but I was also disappointed in the fact that I thought going into the season after the way I ran at the end of outdoor, yeah. I would be able to just show up and the field wouldn't matter. The race wouldn't matter. I thought I could just show up in any field and jog a 356. And yeah, clearly I think that's been like a slap in the face. Like I'm not as good as I thought I was. I need the right race in order to do that. And I think that's kind of been a slap in the face to both of us. Yeah, I kinda, yeah. Completely. I think both of us thought going into this indoor season that we would be, the whole year we'd be living top five in the national rankings and like we'd be not having to worry about any of this crap. Yeah. But I mean, it just shows how crazy the NCAA is and how fast life can ground you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. But in saying that, obviously, uh, you know, after that race, I really did think potentially for you, it was kind of, you know, it wasn't going to all come together. Um, And maybe indoor nationals wasn't meant to be for you. And actually for me, uh, after that weekend, I'd I'd moved down to, I think, 21st um, in the NCAA. You went from 10 to 18. In one race. From Friday to Saturday. And then from Saturday to Sunday, you went from 18 to 21. Yeah. Yeah. So in one weekend, where you thought you were solidified in race the 3k for fun, really to try to qualify in the second event. Yeah. And then you looked back and realized, Oh, I'm not in anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's funny actually, cause like I finished that 3k and ran, ran my 751 and Jay came over to me. He was like, uh, like, well done. That's pretty decent. And then he just looked at his phone and was like, Oh my God. Like, Oh no. And I, I pretty much knew straight away what he was looking at because I knew that the Music City race, the mile, was happening in Tennessee at pretty much the exact same time as my 3K. Uh, so I knew that it wasn't going to be good news. And eight guys from that race ran quicker than my 356.6. I think, <laughs> I think it is probably the deepest mile race in history. You know, Mario Garcia-Romo, he won it in 353. Elliot Kipsang was in there. Um, a load of the old Miss boys. John Davis from Illinois. Who's 48 years old, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's been in the NCAA. Uh, pretty scary number of years, I think. But um, yeah, so I, I moved down to 21st. And with that came the opportunity that I, I didn't want to have to take, but I then kind of felt like I had to take. Um and obviously so did you to go down to Arkansas where you'd been the week prior um, and race another mile in the hopes of running something quick. So down we went, uh, me, you, Jay, our coach, we drove down on the Thursday, um, drove through a bit of a snowstorm, bit of a blizzard. There were a few kind of hair raising moments along that journey, but (laughs) we survived. Um, Jay's an interesting driver to say the least. Yeah. 
there was yeah there was one pretty pretty scary point in particular um but we made it and and that point wasn't uh jay's fault i don't think but it was it was pretty pretty weird um <laughs> and yeah we we raced this mile so do you want to kind of talk a bit about um your i guess your mindset going in um yeah um coming off a big slap in the face the week prior obviously like just the way i, I just explained it um I was kind of just going in thinking, all right, I just want something positive. Like I'm sick of running these races and thinking, man, that sucked. They're like that. It's honestly just embarrassing to go to races and get dead last. Like it's embarrassing for everyone, especially embarrassing when you're in the NCAA, especially at an Arkansas meet where there's actually fans in attendance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to have something positive and I knew the field was great. Like going, going into the field with a guy like fog, a guy like Stallings, a guy like that. Abraham, something. yeah, Abdul Razak, yeah, Abraham, I think from New, New Mexico. Mexico. So like going in the going in and looking at the field, I'm like, man, this is a great field. If I can just so then mentally, I was just pretending like it was a nationals race, like going in with the mindset of okay, like I'm just gonna run in the back like I did all throughout regionals and all throughout nationals, and then I hope that with a lap to go, I have it. And that was kind of just like my mindset going in. It almost helped keep me grounded and like help me not mentally panic because I was in a state where I could mentally panic based on how I was racing lately. Yeah. But you went in with a different mindset. Yeah. You went in with different goals and like you wanted to, to run the race differently than I did because we're different runners. So exactly. Explain yeah. how you were going in. Yeah. So obviously pretty, pretty strong field. Um, it didn't really compare to that meet in music city, like where, you know, six guys or something ran under 356 but um it was it was a very strong field and there was going to be a pacemaker from new mexico he was gonna the plan was to go through a thousand and nine um in 227 so that that would kind of set it up pretty perfectly for for a very quick race and i i said to the boys like before the race um i spoke to you know zach stallings obviously i spoke to baston um and then a couple of the other guys who were in there and I said, like, I'm happy to be the one who like tucks in behind the pacemaker. And whenever, whenever he drops out, um, when he goes, I'm gonna try and you know put my foot down and really uh, push it on to try and run something quick. Obviously, we were all there to run fast. Um, and in a lot of races, like uh, last year when I ended up qualifying for nationals, like I ran. 359 and 359 and I had to do quite a lot of front running um in both of them um and so I kind of I, I was more than happy to to take it on like that so anyway um it came to it we ended up getting out it worked out perfectly the pacer got out pretty nicely um I tucked him right behind him um so it worked out perfectly in terms of like the way you know, the field strung out and where I was positioned, but we were a little bit slow, pretty much straight away. I think we were good through 400 and then it kind of, uh, slowed down a bit. Um, genuinely after the first lap of the race, yeah, we like made a conscious effort to slow down. Yeah. And like, I was in the back. So like, it was a little bit delayed like, Yeah, because you know how when moves are made, it's a little bit delayed as you go back yeah, yeah. into the pack. Uh -huh. But there was a serious point where I almost tripped on the guy in front of me really, because we had to slow down such a drastic amount. Yeah. At the beginning of the race. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like 
I, I spoke to the, the pacer, um, Matt, Matt Larkin, I think he's called from New Mexico, really good runner, 149, 800 runner. And I think he's a freshman. Pro, I, yeah, I think he is. Um, so he, he's a great runner. Um, and I spoke to him quite a bit before the race and said, you know, get out hard, string it out. Cause the, the worst thing that can happen is that, you know, the pace, the pacer doesn't go out hard enough and it ends up as a big bunch. Um, and you know, people can get tripped like, like what happened at Melrose. So, <laughs> um, yeah, PTSD from that. So anyway, I spoke to him quite a bit before the race and said, just get out hard, string it out, settle in. And he said, yeah, I'll run kind of 58. It's like 29, 29 low per 200 basically. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was the plan. And anyway, the race got going. I ended up being 229.9 through 1009 uh he then stepped out to the side um i i took it on and i really tried to push it on um i really wanted to you know make it quick uh, especially after being a little bit slow through that 1009 mark um when i ran 356 i would say i was 227.7 um through 1009 i actually looked back at the splits the other day um so we were i was 2.2 seconds slower than that um, so I knew that I had kind of a lot of ground to make up. Um, yeah. So I pushed it on, um, really went for it. And then, yeah, with a lap to go, I, I was pretty tired by that point. Um, yeah. And Baston came through, he did what he, he did what he's capable of. He did what he does and came through, took the win, uh, 356.1. Um, I ran 357.24 for third. Um, Joe Wascom from Washington came through for second in, I think, 356.4. Um, so yeah, talk us through it. Like it, it was an incredible run. And as I said in the video, we made a pretty cool video that's on my YouTube channel. Um, if anyone's gonna beat me, I was I was pretty glad to see it was this guy in 356.1. Pretty much uh he's a lock for nationals now. So we'll see, honestly. You never <laughs> yeah, know. But... Who knows? Oh, we thought you were a lock. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to pretend like it's a 50, 50 so that no matter what, I'm not too angry about it, whatever happens. But, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm kind of going to answer like what was going through my head throughout that race with some questions here. I just got one really long question that's divided into a bunch of questions from somebody in the last video. So I thought I'll talk about that. Um, the first question is what is going through your head in a race like that when you're last for 12 or 1300 meters, honestly, nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. <laughs> like I'm kind of just running in the back and staring at the guy in front of me. Like the, the one thing I'm consciously thinking about when I'm in that spot is are there gaps forming? Cause I'm looking up in the field and if there's a gap forming, I don't want to be caught in the back of that gap Yeah, because yeah. if a move is made and I'm not part of it, then I'm sacrificing my race. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you have a kick at that point no. because you're not there. You're not yeah. there. So yeah. That, which leads into the second question at about 12, you move from last to next to last. And the, why I made that move was because I could feel that Princeton guy yeah. that was in second to last falling off. And bear in mind this Princeton guy, Ed Trippers, he's actually an Olympian from Australia. So is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, steeplechase, steeplechase, but okay. uh, yeah. So you move up, you feel he's dropping off. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I just like, I was looking in front and it was, it was kind of at the point where you and the leaders 
were starting your turn and yeah. I was like still on the straight in the yeah. back stretch, I could see him falling off a tiny bit. Yeah. And I was like, I can't let, I can't, no. this guy can't be the reason why I don't yeah, run yeah. the race I want to race. So yep. I passed him, but I kind of felt like that guy that was still in front of him, who was actually another Princeton guy, he was still hanging on well. Yeah. So I waited because I only had time to pass the one guy because then we were going into the bend. Yeah. You and want to tuck in. for all runners that race, you don't really want to pass on a curve. Yeah. It's you're taking more steps and you're wasting your energy. So that was, that was the logic there. Um, and then the third question was not that many people at that level in a sub four mile can go from last to first in the last 200, but you've done it several times, maybe Hawker tier and a few others are capable, but even they choose not to, if you're hopping, if you're hanging onto a pack and there are no gaps is the same in last as is in third and fifth, or what is it about last that you're more, that you, that is more comfortable to you than third or fourth. And Honestly, like the answer to this question kind of sounds stupid, but the difference in that like 0.7 seconds, that like 0.8 seconds between what your laps were and yeah. what my laps were is everything to me. Yeah. When, when we're racing at Iowa state and like for him to excel, like he talked about, he needs a race to be 227 through the K at least in a time trial sense of race so that yeah. he doesn't have to close that hard. I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. I, I need a race to be, I need to be 230 through K so that I can close hard. Yeah. And so if I'm, if I'm doing what fog does and I'm tucking behind that pacer, not only is my first lap harder, which takes out some of my kick, but then I'm working harder throughout the race. And then yeah. I'm not going to have the same amount of energy left at the end. So Really, even though it doesn't seem like it's a lot of time, it's only like a second to a half of a yeah. second. That's everything to a guy like me. That's everything. Yeah. And like the difference between Tier and Hawker and a guy like me is I don't have quite the same strength as they do. They're just so strong to the point where they can lead and still hammer that kick. I thought I was going to have that strength going into this year. I don't. So that's like that's something that I've had to adapt to on the fly. And that's something that I realized after Iowa state is that I can't run yeah. the same style of race that they can. I, I have to yeah. be back a little further than they have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it means that I'm not as good as them, obviously, which pretty much no one is. So. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's, it's just something that hopefully as I get older, it, it develops. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely an interesting one and shout out to, Kevin Morrison for all the questions. Um, Kevin's a pretty, pretty loyal viewer, I think. Um, and we, we met him actually when Baston first broke four at the Iowa state meet, uh, back in December. Um, but the, the thing about being in last and being so comfortable with it in comparison to like being in third or fourth, you know, cause you, you'd still be a little bit off that front kind of pace. Um, that's something we talked about and you, you kind of talked about it with me after the race and you were saying like you just felt like you were jogging out there yeah. and I was at the front and I felt like I was getting absolutely hammered just like trying to trying to make it really quick yeah and you just said you felt like you were just cruising along I guess one of the things as well is if you're in last you know that no one's behind you you know potentially clipping your heels or like you you just know you've got nothing to worry about the only the only thing you are focused on is what's going on in front of you um 
so yeah definitely a few interesting questions um but yeah it worked out pretty well for you um and i think you should should definitely be pretty locked in for nationals that put you in 16th yeah i'm still in 16th today we will see but right now i I think my ads are pretty good yeah for sure i think um I'm pretty confident, you know, being at number 16 now, you're, you're going to stay in, especially with scratches. Um, but yeah, conference this weekend, uh, all over the country, a few strong conferences. So I think obviously you're, you're in a good spot, but who knows what's, what's going on with the NCAA right now. Yeah, I should be in just like one more thing to note about that Arkansas race, like being, being in the back is a lot even different than I'd say being in second last because I can see everything. Mm-hmm. Like what you mentioned, like I have like knowledge of what's going on in the entire field when nobody really knows what's happening behind them. So I'm seeing like where all the moves are being made, where all the, like, in my opinion, where all the energy is being wasted. And like, I know that, and this will be the same strategy that I have if I make nationals, we'll see, but um, is I'm really just going to watch and hope that, people are making moves constantly throughout the race. And that's kind of honestly what you did last year at nationals when you made the final. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You were, you were in the back early. I was right at the back. Actually, and you had a I lot of, to... you had a lot of success running the race the way I like to run. Yeah. So. It, it's a good point. And on a national level as well. Yep. I need to channel my inner Bastion more often. So um, maybe, maybe that's just like a really slept on strategy for, it is true. National style racing. Cause I, I, I was like what I wanted to mention, like you yeah. did the exact same thing in nationals and it worked for you. That is a really good point. Cause I, I think I'll, I'll have to go back and rewatch my national prelim from indoor last year, but I think two laps in, I was dead last. I was right at the back and I, I was like chilling there. I remember thinking like, this is not a good spot to be in, but like, I feel all right. Um, yeah. And every lap, Jay was just like, just chill, just chill. Cause I could hear him like on, on the sidelines, obviously. Um, and that was not part of my plan at all. Like I wanted to get out. I knew that I was going to have to be in that top four to get through to the final. Um, and so I kind of felt like I should be in that top three, four, five, the whole race. Um, but I was in eighth dead last early on. Um, I definitely moved up a little bit earlier than, you know, someone like you would Baston, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have that closing speed quite. So for me, it kind of is like, I can be at the back in a race like that, but I have to move up and kind of wind it up a little bit earlier. Um, which is what ended up happening. I think I ran 153 for the, the last 800 that day. Um, so it, it kind of like early on, you can be at the back, you can chill, you can just tuck in and then work your way up. And for me, it kind of has to, the strategy, instead of leaving it to, you know, the last 400 or 200 and kicking incredibly well and running, closing so hard that I can overtake pretty much everyone in the last lap or last two laps, I have to move up a little bit earlier um, and kind of wind it up. Um, It is. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It is interesting to look at like that race in particular too. I've, I rewatched that race and man, for some really, really good runners, I just don't understand what some of them were doing. Yeah. Like there was a Furman guy. I don't know his name and sorry, so that Furman guy, if you're watching this, Aaron Weir or Cameron Ponder, I can't remember which one 
who's in my heat. But that was one of the dumbest tactical races I've ever seen someone run. Yeah. Like there, I, there were multiple times where he moves literally from last to like third. And then just that move was useless because then he moves right back into yeah. like seventh. And I'm like, dude, think about all the energy you just wasted. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the announcer probably said your name, but I, <laughs> it's all cares? worth it for that. It's like, all worth it for that. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is a really good point. It's really interesting to look back at that because like, um, I know a lot of people were saying on his YouTube channel, like all like, that's like the way you're meant to race. That's the way you're meant to race. Like not all of us have one specific way we can race. Yeah. We, we can all race a lot of different ways, depending on the day. Obviously like my strategy, like the, what I've been doing is what works best for me, but he's a lot, he's a lot more of a, I would say complete athlete than me. I mean, he's, he's older and he's got more experience. So like he's able to do things that like I can't do. And he's able to like run a lot of different styles of racing that I'm still trying to develop. I'd say. Yeah. So like he, even my strategy, he's done it before and he's executed it. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I can't close in 26, nine yet. Yeah. Maybe one day, but um, <laughs> yeah, just quickly as well for the, for the Arkansas race, obviously um, for me, like running 357 two four, I was, it was like, it's still a really, really solid run. Um, but it was like, you know, obviously a little bit bittersweet because we went there to run fast. Obviously, Baston got his qualifier. Um, well, hopefully, like pretty, pretty locked in for nationals. For me, it's like I'm all I got from that was bumped down two spots um by Baston and Joe Wascom from Washington kind of coming in and running quicker than me. So it's the way it goes. That's, that's what you get with running sometimes. So, um, yeah, moving on from that, uh, obviously the NCAA is pretty hectic right now, as we've kind of mentioned a thousand times, but <laughs> we have conference coming up this Sunday, Monday, um, in Chicago on a banked 200 track. It's actually the track where, Cole Hocker and Cooper Tier, uh, just around 350 for the mile. Um, historically, our conference meet has been on a flat 200 track in Iowa, um, a pretty uh, all right facility, but pretty bad track for running fast. Um, so anyway, obviously, I am now kind of in a pretty not ideal spot for nationals. Um, so I was in class yesterday and I, I got a text, uh, from the man here, Baston, um, little stats, man. Uh, do you <laughs> want to kind of talk through essentially what, what you were looking at? Basically, uh, kind of trying to work out what I need to go in my favor in order for me to qualify for nationals indoor. Yeah, man. I, I looked up basically. So what I did was I looked at the top 100 results on TFERS. And yep. then I divided those top hundred athletes into every single conference that they're in. And so I wrote down all the conferences of the top 100 athletes, because those are the relevant conferences when yep. you're looking at times. And, um, so we obviously have all the power five, big 10, big 12, SEC, Pac 12, ACC, and then the Ivy league, the mountain West, the big sky and the big East conference. And when I divided this, I, I then wrote down a list of athletes who have run in between 356.6 and four minutes flat in the mile because fog is around 356.6. And so essentially just quickly, that's kind of like the athletes who are very quick. They're not in front of me right now, but they would have potential 
to overtake me kind of thing yep. in their conference meets. These are the athletes four. that we're worried about. In, yeah, essentially. In question, yeah. Like the, the athletes that are concerning. And then of those athletes, I then subtracted the athletes that have already qualified in other events, like the 800, the 5k or the 3k. And then uh, there's a total of every single conference here of the athletes that I think are relevant. And surprisingly, the, the conference who we are most worried about using these statistics is the Big East, which yeah. is not a power five conference, but they have schools like Villanova, Georgetown, Harvard, Georgetown. Yeah. Or no, not Harvard. Harvard's Ivy League, obviously, uh, but yeah. Villanova, Georgetown, a lot of high quality schools, a lot of milers that happen to be in between 356.6 and four flat. There, there are also a bunch of conferences. Um, by the way, the Big East has would have seven runners that are in between 356.6 and four minutes that aren't in any other events. So seven potentially, athletes, yeah. seven athletes who potentially could do it. But you also got to think of they've had the whole season to do it and they've it's they haven't done it yet. So it's not super likely. Yeah. So like I would say. 95% of these runners on here probably just aren't capable. Yeah. But there are always some runners like me who ran 358 high that happened to pop off one day. So you, you never Same really with the know. Washington guy. Literally. Yeah. I remember the Washington guy who obviously beat me, lost to you. He ran 356.4 something. He was a 359 mid guy before Arkansas. I think he'd broken four once the week before. 359 mid, maybe 359 high. And he just... Yeah, had an incredible race and ran 356. So looking at kind of that that list of potential people to be worried about or like numbers of people to be worried about, it's like probably there's not a whole lot to worry about in, in those numbers, but, yeah, you know, it, it can happen. Yep. And I would think in the really every every Power 5 conference like could have potential to go fast at Nationals. But really, most of these guys have already got the times. A conference, and, yeah. And most of them don't really want to have to work that hard if they don't really have to. No. Because Nationals is only two weeks after conference. And every single time you, you have an all-out effort, it affects your legs a little bit going on and on throughout the season. So yeah. these guys, if they can, they're not going to go all out. But I would say, besides these Power 5 conferences, the two, the two conferences results that we're definitely going to be looking at are the Big East and the Ivy Leagues. Um, yeah. And even the PAC 12 just really doesn't have any athletes that even look like they have potential to break that spot. So anyway, there are like six relevant conferences in yeah. our words that we're going to be looking at, but we'll see what happens. And then we also devised a list of all the athletes that are currently above <laughs> you Yeah, and whether or not we think they're going to scratch or do it, man, if you're <laughs> one of my teachers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You must have spent all day doing this. Well, all class at least. Yeah. Because, yeah, when I saw it come through, I kind of like quickly checked my phone in class and was like, wow, you've like, you've put in the work for this. Just quickly as well, for anyone who doesn't quite understand how it works. So indoor nationals, only 16 qualify. So there's obviously the rankings. And if you're in the top 16, you're guaranteed. But like people can scratch and run different events. So for example, you know, someone might've qualified in the mile and the three K and they might see themselves as a far better three K runner. Um, so they choose to run that. If you're watching this, Yared Nagoose, Morgan Beetlescombe, anyone else, you know, probably choose a three K. Uh, scratch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so 
essentially, yeah, I'm now ranked 23rd. I need seven guys to scratch in front of me. Um, and I would qualify. Last year, I was ranked 25th. Um, 10 guys ahead of me scratched. And I went internationals ranked number 15 of 16. Um, ended up finishing fourth. So there's a lot that I need to go my way for this to, to happen. But yeah, continue. So a, a lot indeed. So we, we have... I devised a list of the athletes in the top 23 because you're 23rd. Yeah. So of those athletes in the top 22, there are 14, 14 of those 22 that have not qualified in any other event. So I 14 runners who, if they don't do it, they would be stupid. Yeah. And I didn't include Kieran Lum in this list because people are talking about, oh, he's injured. I don't know whether or not he's injured, but he hasn't raced since January early January. Yeah. And there are a lot of rumors going around that he's injured. So I'm just kind of like putting him in his own injured category. Yeah. <laughs> but there's 14 athletes that I'm saying are pretty much locks to compete. Yeah. And there might be one or two guys that don't do it for a DMR, but I don't understand that logic at all, honestly. No. I, yeah. But whatever. Um, and then there are two athletes in the top 23 that I am 100% certain they're, they're scratching because they're either just way better at something else or like, yeah, basically they're way better at something else. And yeah. That's Nico Young and Abdi Hamid Nur. There's no way they don't do the 5k. I like, have to agree. Uh, Abdi Hamid Nur, he, he's run 740 as well for the yeah. 3k. So yeah. Either way, their best events are certainly not the mile. Yeah. And then anyway, I have Kieran Lum in his own category. And then this is the most important category. There are five other guys outside of this top 14. And now assuming all 14 of these guys do the mile, you would need four of these five to scratch. Yeah. And these five athletes are I'm considering in maybe territory because they've qualified in the mile and they've qualified in other events. And they're honestly about the same in everything. Like they're either really good milers or really good three K five K guys, or they're like, towards the bottom of the top 16 and one and towards the bottom of the top 16. And other yeah. Yeah. So you just don't really know. And that is Morgan Beetlescombe and yard and goose scratch. <laughs> uh, Brian Fay, who has been insane from Washington. Yeah. Lately. He's running very and then well. Colton Johnson, right? Yeah. He's injury talks, injury rumors going around. Are there um, really injury talks? Yeah. Yeah. But he's huh. 745 and three K as well. That he's the one Zach Stallings. We we were talking to him and he was saying okay. he's potentially injured. So who knows? But you don't know. And then there's Alex Mayer, who is honestly, I put him in this maybe category, but I do think he'll scratch. So do I. He's a 745 or 746, 3K yeah. guy. I think he's just a little better at the longer stuff. So yeah. I think the biggest um our biggest concern is since the Michigan State DMR isn't going to make it. Yeah. I think Morgan Beetlescombe is likely to do the 3k mile double. I agree. Which I, is trouble. Yeah. He's ranked number one in the country in the mile. Um, <laughs> and oh, see, he ran that, he ran 352 in the race where Colin Cooper ran 350. Yeah. Um, so I, I doubt he sees himself as, you know, the favorite in the mile, even though he is ranked number one, but he's right, right up there. You know, if it came down to a race between, you know, Baston, Mario Garcia, Romo and Morgan Beetlescombe, it kind of, I think, depends on the race. Any one of them could win. Um, but 
but Beatleskin, I could definitely see him doing the mile 3K double. I yeah. I definitely heard he wanted to do the distance medley relay and 3K double, but now that they haven't qualified in the DMR, I think I think he'll probably double in the mile and 3K. But who knows? He might see himself as a stronger 3K guy and see that 352 as kind of like a fluke. Not not a fluke, but the perfect race yeah. to run quick. So you you really knows? just don't know. It's and like, and then if if you assume Beetlescombe does it, I would say the next most concerning guy in this list is Brian Fay, just because yeah. I, I think his coach is going to want to do the DMR to have the best DMR in the country. Um, but I mean, he's just so good, like to the point where he could do the DMR mile double and win both. Yeah, yeah, like, he's that good. Yeah. So you just there's there's like there's guys in this list that. You just, you just don't know this. I mean, that's why I put them here. There's five guys and, but either way, so taking it from that, even if all five guys scratch, which I'm assuming probably one of them will do it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe two, but yeah. either way, I would say right now you are either the last one in the second, last one in, or the first one out. I would yeah. say you're either 15, 16 or 17. Yeah, I agree. If I yep. had to like guess right now. Yeah. And so <laughs> We've devised plans with our coaches saying that like, oh, if you get bumped down by this much in the rankings, then we're going to go for a time. A conference. Yeah. So just tell, tell them about what the plan is. Yeah. It's kind of hectic. By the way, in, in that list, obviously, Yard and Goose was in the potentially going to scratch in the mile category. And people might look at that and go, you're crazy. Obviously, he's going to run the mile. But bear in mind, he's qualified as number one in the 3K and they have a very, very strong DMR. So running the DMR and running the 3K, you literally go out, he'll probably anchor the medley relay. Um, and it's just two races. Whereas if you if you try and run the mile and DMR double, you run your mile prelim, you then have to run hard in the DMR on that same day. And then the next day you come back on probably pretty tired legs to run the mile final. So Yara Goose, even though he's technically an American Olympian in the 1500, I wouldn't be surprised to see him not run the mile at nationals. Um, yep. And if, for, for my sake, hopefully he doesn't. But, um, but yeah, anyway, conference coming up this weekend. So essentially the plan that has been devised is that if I drop down to number 25, we're going to have a crack. We're going to, me and Baston are going to run the mile at conference and in the mile final, because we probably won't be in the same prelims based on how they kind of seed the prelims, we're going to get after it. And Baston is going to pace me through the K, maybe 1,200. Um, Basically, just as long as I can. Yeah. 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 And we're going to go hard and I'm going to have a crack. Because if I'm, the way I see it, if I'm not going to qualify, like I, I would hate to not have a crack. You know what I mean? Yep. Even if I then run 359 at conference, like I want to have a go. I really do want to have a go. I would hate to not qualify and, you know, think. And not try. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and in saying that, like obviously Jay and us, we've talked about it and it, it's kind of been like, if I get bumped down to number 25, that's when we're going to agree to really get after it in the conference mile final. But I'm kind of leaning towards going for it regardless like just why not have a crack because i think uh the logic behind that is kind of like it's another race 
in your legs, you know, as, as Bastin was saying, every race you do kind of takes a little bit out of you, but, um, I, I think being ranked number 23, I need a lot to go my way for me to qualify, um, based on scratches. And if we took that risk and didn't have a crack at conference, and then I didn't qualify without, you know, having a crack one last time, I would be thinking, I could still be going to nationals. You know, we could have had a crack at conference and I could have run something quick. Yep. So the way I see it is kind of like, why not? Why not give it a crack? Um, if it, if it doesn't work out and you know, I run 358, 359, like at least we've had a go. And at yep. least I know that I've given it my all. Um, whereas if we don't do it uh, and then I don't qualify, then, you know, I'll definitely regret not having a go. So yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the thinking going into it. Um, Man, there's just a lot going on right now. Yeah, with our our logic, the NCAA's logic. But the one thing that's worth noting is our conference meet isn't till Sunday and Monday. Yeah. And um, every other conference that like in my list that I considered relevant is racing on Friday and Saturday. So we are gonna know. We are gonna know what both of us are end up basically ended the season ranking before we step on the track, which yeah. is such a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it would be an even bigger advantage. Like if I was ranked, say if I was ranked number 18 right now, mm-hmm. um, we'd know, you know, if you're ranked number 18, you're going to nationals based on scratches. There's always going to be a, at least a couple of people who yep. scratch. Um, I would say top 20, like if you're, 19 or higher you're a lock yeah 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 yeah. um so if i was ranked like that and then we saw all these conferences go and no one ran quicker then we'd be safe we wouldn't have to you know have a crack at conference but because i'm ranked 23rd obviously i can get bumped down even further with conferences as bassin was saying we'll know about that um but i kind of think regardless i want to get after it and at the end of the day, like obviously racing takes a little bit out of you, but one more race now, like if I, if I don't then qualify for nationals, one more race isn't going to hurt. I'll have literally a month or more off racing. So it's, yeah, I'm keen to kind of have a crack. Well, and I mean, at the same time, like we're, we're talking about like how racing is going to affect you a tiny bit. And I mean, that's when you're in the scenario of like being Mario Garcia Romo, like we don't have that luxury. We're not number one in the rankings. Like, sorry, but we, we are looking at results every day thinking, shit, are we even going to make it? Yeah. So like, yeah, we, we don't have the luxury of saying, oh, like, I'm going to give my body a little rest at conference. Like, I mean, that's an ideal scenario, but yeah. I mean, that's not everyone gets that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough though, I feel like if we were in that music city race, like we'd probably both yeah. be top, top 12 for sure. You know, like I, I'm pretty confident. I said it in my video. I feel like in that Arkansas race, like I was in 355 shape for sure. Like yeah. without a doubt. And so are you. If you can run 356-1 closing in 26.9, yeah. like you're in you're in better shape than that. And honestly, I, I hate making excuses like this, but I still feel like we haven't had the race yet for that to happen. And it could have been at Music City. You know, if we were in there, we yeah. could have run something pretty quick. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that if we were at Music City, and I'm running in last place and kicking myself up to fifth and you're running in fourth the whole way and yeah. finishing there. Yeah. Like we're, 
But both, yeah, we're running quick. We're both running 355, yeah. 354. Like for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. Like yeah. part of it's luck. And we set up Arkansas qualifier. And honestly, we're like both bitching about the Arkansas qualifier, but it's probably the second fastest mile race there has been all year. Yeah, yeah. Besides Music City. So. Honestly, one of the deepest. Honestly, probably one of the deepest in history. Right up there, at least. Probably top yeah. five, top 10 for sure mile races in the NCAA because eight guys broke four. Yeah. Like that's huge. It's huge. It's so easy to like think, uh, you know, it's not that quick in the NCAA anymore. Like 356 isn't going to be a top 10 time anymore. But like for eight guys to be going sub four in one race is pretty big. Um, yeah, it's massive. So we did have a, yeah, that was a pretty deep field there. Um, it, it was a good race. Um, but I do feel a little bit like I felt last year. Um, I ran 359, I ran 359 again. I got really, really lucky to qualify for nationals, but I always knew I could go a little bit quicker. And then in the national final, I ran 357, obviously to come forth. So I kind of proved that. And I hope I'm going to get the opportunity to run at nationals this year, but if not, then that's the way it goes. So that's kind of where we're at. Part of me is like, Part of me is so excited to be results watching this weekend, but the only absolute nightmare scenario yeah. is imagine like seven guys pass both of us. Yeah, I know. And and yeah. like all of a sudden I'm 24 yeah, and, then, yeah. and then all of a sudden we both need a time. Yeah. Like, what do we do? Yeah. We're just going to hope, um, we're just going to hope that that doesn't happen. It, it won't happen. <laughs> There's no way. And I was, well, who knows? <laughs> Dude, I, know. I haven't even considered that. Dude, but like, honestly, yeah. who knows anymore? I literally just considered it. Cause I was like, when I was looking at that list. I was like looking at the names. I was like, imagine if all of them do this. Yeah. Like, I, cause then what it's not going to happen. Like, it's like, not going to happen, but <laughs> God, who knows that? I um, just don't know. I think in that scenario, like, honestly, we would have to we would both pay someone at it. conference to like sacrifice <laughs> themselves and take it through 800. Okay. I'll tuck in in second, Basson tucks in in third. <laughs> we both just and we just have to go. We <laughs> that is awful though. Oh, it's a nightmare. Uh, what yeah. is going on? That it's is, mad. That's the first time I even thought of that. But then I was like looking over and I was like, oh my, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. So, uh, oh, who knows? I feel like we've kind of. <laughs> You, you get where we're at. It's yeah. kind of a pretty pretty hectic year. Baston should be in, but as as we've seen, I thought I was <laughs> well in, and now I'm yeah, kind of fighting for my life, trying to trying to get a qualifier last minute. So, um, yeah. Ho- hopefully, we're coming on. Hopefully, we're coming on a week from today, celebrating that we're both in and yeah. previewing nationals for both of us. But yeah. you just you just don't know. Yeah. So I mean. At least we've run 356 this year. We've both ran PBs. So both ran school records. Yeah. So so anyone saying that we're both like not peaking is just an absolute clown. <laughs> Did so, you see that? Yeah, such an idiot. Like for people, sorry for my roast back. For, for but, people saying we're not getting better. I mean, man, like just look at results and grow a brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're obviously getting better. It's just the whole NCAA is as well. So I, I felt a little bit bad replying to that comment because I said you're a lost cause to the guy. <laughs> just like I never, I said I wouldn't usually reply to something like this because you're a lost cause. And yeah, he kind of replied like, what was the reason for the lost cause comment? Yeah. And uh, it's because so many people are so quick to criticize what we're doing and how we're going. Like 
and part of my logic behind, you know, actually kind of coming back at that comment was like, we, for one, we're nowhere near peaking. The guy said we're peaking right now, or I peaked too early. It's like, yeah. it's February. This time last year, I'd run 359 and 359 for two mile races. Yeah. This year, I've run 356 and 357. Like, in in races where, you know, I, I had to do a lot of work. So, yeah, I think we're definitely improving. Uh, yeah, Baston's definitely. run 356-1 in a race where he probably could have gone a lot quicker. Like, yeah, it's funny. By the way, I woke up the next morning after my race with over 20 DMs from accounts that no longer exist. Um, by the way, if you're someone that's in my DMs, man, just I'm going to save you this. I'm not reading them. I don't give a damn about them. And literally I'm deleting them as soon as they're sent. So what, like, people having a go at you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. A lot, a lot of people are, yeah. A lot of people are sending me, we were sending me mean DMS after, after that race and after my Instagram post. So if you're one of those guys doing that, man, like just no, I'm not reading them. So you're wasting your time typing them. All right. We're back. Uh, sorry for the, for the pretty random cut there. Our camera actually resets every half an hour. I don't really know why, but every 30 minutes I have to, you know, reset it and start filming again. So here we are. Um, and with that, I think it's pretty, pretty good timing. Uh, we're just about finished. Um, yeah, we've covered quite a lot. It's definitely been a bit of a longer episode than I was anticipating. I think we're over the hour mark, but it's been a good one yeah it's been a good one hopefully hopefully again we're both coming back and next time we film and we're celebrating oh, i hope I so we'll man. i really hope so because uh, obviously whatever happens happens and you know if i don't qualify for indoor worse worse things can happen um you know i'll just prepare for outdoor and hope that i can qualify outdoor but hopefully hopefully we're both going to indoor nationals you know going to alabama um would be pretty sick and I think we're both deserving of being there. So let's just put it like this. I think we're two guys that would bring home some hardware if we made it. Yeah. So yeah. Especially after last year. I mean, yeah. come on. We we've got to be there. So yeah. Yep. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, whatever platform you're on, well, Spotify or YouTube. Um, we appreciate everyone watching and listening. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. We'll be back for another episode very soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. Very fun. Thanks, everyone. See you in the next one. Thank you.